This is a message for those that work in manufacturing across the UK and Ireland. Do your engineering maintenance stores keep you awake at night? Are your engineers spending excessive time sourcing and finding the spare parts they need? Eric's on-site teams take responsibility for your indirect supply chain, including both your MRO procurement and inventory control. And, as the name suggests, we do this while being based on your site. For more information, visit www.erics.co.uk forward slash em. This episode of Engineering Matters is supported by The Optimistic Outlook. The Optimistic Outlook is a great listen for fans of Engineering Matters. It is a podcast for anyone intrigued by innovation across sectors, whether you're in healthcare, infrastructure, energy or beyond. The show is hosted by Barbara Hampton, CEO of Siemens USA, and offers invaluable insights relevant and impactful for all industries. I think what you're really going to like is that Barbara Hampton is not just a CEO, she's a thought leader in the corporate world. In the podcast, you often learn from her journey to the top of Siemens USA, getting invaluable lessons on leadership, decision-making, and navigating the complexities of the modern workplace. Barbara brings a wealth of knowledge, not just about manufacturing, but about its ripple effects across all sectors. Her perspective illuminates how manufacturing innovations are setting the pace for changes in healthcare, infrastructure development, energy sustainability, and more. Regardless of your industry, the optimistic outlook is a source of motivation and forward-thinking ideas. Barbara's expertise in connecting dots between manufacturing and other sectors reveals actionable strategies for innovation and leadership in any field. We invite you to explore the optimistic outlook and join a broad audience that values transformative ideas, including us. Search for the optimistic outlook wherever you get your podcasts. Can we look at the basics of electric power in a new way, cutting the risk of electrical fires? What causes fire in homes? 90% of fire caused from home by electricity is caused by arc, spark. Our technology have no spark. You touch two wires, there's no spark because we will trip. We will not allow spark to happen. Our technology is solid state. There is no spark. There's no arc. Okay. Climate change is testing the resilience of coastal communities. Can new mapping tools help planners and developers build with more confidence? Could these tools reach even the world's least well-mapped areas? One of the primary things that we do is, is building models in, in really data poor areas, developing countries, um, and, we, and we provide that in, in the form of the Global Flood Map. And the Global Flood Map, kind of uh, in, the, in the name, provides information anywhere in the world for any type, any type of climate-driven flooding. The world is rushing to meet net zero targets. How can a new way of excavating wind turbine foundations speed the energy transition and keep workers safe offshore? But rather than putting one jacket up, we're now looking at a turbine offshore wind farm with 50 plus jackets involved. This means that we're very much looking at the cycle times and the cost of installing these 
these large structures. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Johnny Dowling. And I'm Rian Owen. This is one of 12 episodes originally aired between the 5th and 17th of February 2024, presenting the shortlisted entries for the Engineering Matters Awards. In the next three episodes, we're looking at the shortlisted entries in the Innovation Champion category. This category aims to celebrate the work of engineers as they bring to light new technologies or methods of working. Innovation can take the form of a new product, like a piece of equipment or a software tool, a process or a way of working, or a project that combines elements in a new way. Amber Semi was nominated for its AC Direct Power Enabler. Thatham was nominated for its Global Flood Maps. Fugro was nominated for the development of subsea vertical boring machine, VBM 3000. Power bricks used to convert alternating current to direct current are found in every home. They all use similar technology. But one company is looking to move away from traditional approaches by replacing electromechanical equipment with solid-state electronics. Okay, so we have a disruptive technology with a brand new architecture in power, in electricity. We found a way to extract DC directly from AC mains in a solid state architecture. Everything that we do, our goal in here is to make sure that the solid state architecture can be siliconized. That was Thar Casey, the founder and CEO of Amber Semi. The company is starting with a replacement for that familiar power brick. We have several technologies. Our first product to market, it is a product that will eliminate the conventional power supply that you know and I know, which is the brick. That's a power yeah. supply that converts AC to DC. We found a way to eliminate this. We eliminated electrolytics, magnetics, rectifier bridges, uh, filters, uh, transformers. We eliminated all of this stuff. We have higher efficiency, better quality, reliability, longevity, no ripples, and I can go on and on and on. But as far as the footprint, it is by far smaller than anything else out there and because it's solid state and it has its microcontroller, therefore programmability and ability to, ma to manipulate this is beyond even imagination that cannot be done with this. Amber Semi continues to refine its technology. New versions are out being tested and refined by customers. The approach is flexible, able to handle a wide range of inputs and outputs. I can take AC direct without to have a power supply before my chip. My chip can take AC direct. This chip can take anywhere from 25 volts up to 277 volts AC direct. And then on the other side, I can give you in this case anywhere between 1.8 volts up to 
24 volts and it's programmable and you can adjust it and so on. There is no such thing out there in the world. This technology is out there right now being tested with our customers and they started to design products with it. In addition to this particular architecture breakthrough, we have another breakthrough where we are coming up with our own solid state AC control and AC switching. That means circuit breakers for industrial, commercial, residential applications. The technology can be scaled up for heavier applications. It can monitor and analyze power supply with much more efficiency than electromechanical circuit breakers. This can reduce the risk of cascading failures, increasing uptime in critical infrastructure. And at home, it can eliminate a major cause of fires. What causes fire in homes? 90% of fire caused from home by electricity is caused by arc, spark. Our technology have no spark. You touch two wires, there's no spark because we will trip. We will not allow spark to happen. Our technology is solid state. There is no spark, there's no arc, okay? The company has already won a range of awards, including the Edison Award and Time Magazine's Innovation of the Year. Fathom is a global leader in flood and climate risk. It gives risk management professionals the most scientifically robust tools and intelligence for understanding the climate's impact on water risk. My name's uh, Andrew Smith, one of the founders at Fathom. By background, I'm a scientist, so did a, did a PhD building computational flood models. So th these are computer models that effectively simulate the process of flooding in its various forms. My research focused on building models under future climate conditions, but when I was undertaking the PhD, along with a few colleagues at the University of Bristol, uh, we formed Fathom, and, and Fathom was formed really to try and initially to provide data in the poor areas. So we wanted to provide data in the kind of the, the most difficult places to model in the world, and that that's culminated in our in our global flood data. So Fathom's uh, Fathom now employs around fifty people, and one of the primary things that we do is is building models in in really data poor areas, developing countries, um, and we and we provide that in, in the form of a global flood map. And the global flood map, kind of uh, in, the, in the name, provides information anywhere in the world for any, ty any type of climate-driven flooding. Global flood maps are used by contingency planners and first responders. They help insurers evaluate risk and estate agents calculate property values. They can help shape public awareness campaigns and planning decisions. They are vital everywhere that flooding might happen, but they're not widely available. Fathom published the first ever high-resolution global flood map back in 2015. And, and by published, I mean academically. So pub, we published it in a leading peer-reviewed paper. Um, so that's the first time it was done. Before that, there was the, in terms of being able to just get off-the-shelf risk data, you had things that you could use in the UK, like um, the EA flood maps. In the US, you had the FEMA flood maps. But they're not really the same thing in that they're built at very local scales. And then you have a patchwork of models that you stick together. So you'll have engineers go out and build little models of individual 
river reaches. And then those are then stitched into a kind of mosaic of, of, of model output. So you, you could look at that and, and indeed people still using those data today and where they exist, they can be really good, but they're not a comprehensive view of risk. And they're also snapshots in time. So they're not, you're not able to, to update them with ease. Um, so you, you, in some areas, there was some risk information available, but actually outside of the, you know, a few developed countries, Japan, UK, USA, Australia, some parts of Europe, there's, there's, there's no information available at all. Fathom's maps bring this modeling to the world, and they're already being used by a wide range of organizations. Yeah, it's, in, in truth, it's, it's difficult for me to quantify the impact of it in a concise way, because the, the applications are now so wide-reaching and varied. You know, we, do have, we do everything from providing information to insurance companies, the World Bank, humanitarian organizations, um, the foreign office in the UK use Fathom's data during disasters to provide information to aid agencies, for example. The data enable us to be far more resilient to climate risks than we, than we were previously. So we can use these data to actually offset and mitigate against the majority of whatever climate risk throws at us, I would argue. We have, we have, we have the information that's coming, the information is coming online now that enables us to adapt to whatever extreme events will throw at us in the future. So. That, that's kind of, I guess, the, the grand aim of what we're doing here at Fathom. And the data will keep improving. The maps are already proving their worth, but Fathom still wants to develop them further. So the global data are, I kind of crudely say that we're halfway between where we were and where we want to be. So in the, in the beginning, we had like, the first version of our global model. We've made, we've made an awful lot of progress in the years since. But that, that we will converge even more on really local scale precision in the next few years. So there's, st there's, still, a, there's still a bit of um, the journey left for us to, uh, to undertake. In the next few years, developers aim to build thousands of offshore wind turbines in the North Sea alone. With net zero targets looming, we need a step change in how these wind farms are built. And Fugro is providing this with a new approach to foundation drilling. The VBM or vertical boring machine takes a TBM or tunnel boring machine and turns it on its cutting head. Mark Stevens is business development manager for Fugro's marine drilling department. When we're looking at installation now of offshore renewables, we have different types of foundation. For floating wind, you have mooring piles. For you have monopiles, which are growing in diameter now, and you have jacket installations. So the jackets have grown from what was really sort of very much an oil and gas industry. A jacket is the steel or T-structure on which an offshore oil or gas rig might sit. They're now being used for wind turbines. For this new use, they must be installed at a much faster pace. But rather than putting one jacket up, we're now looking at a turbine offshore wind farm with 50 plus jackets involved. This means that we're very much looking at the cycle times and the cost of installing these, uh, these large structures.
In oil and gas, what we tend to do is you tend to put a jacket on the seabed and then you put the piles down through the legs and drill it in. This, as a cost and cycle time way, is okay for putting in one jacket. But then when you look at the vessel cost, when you look at the tie cycle time and the actual installation schedule, very much what we want to do is, and the industry wants to do, is do pre-piling. The VBM enables the faster pace. It removes much of the work that needs to be done when preparing for traditional drilling techniques. The VBM is the vertical boring machine. So it's replacing above water systems, top drive systems that we would have historically used. For those drills, they sit above the sea, usually on a conductor, which is a long tubular from the seabed up to the uh, up to the deck level of the vessel. You then drill through that conductor, and it takes a lot of time to get the drill fit from the deck of the vessel down to mudline. So that can take around twelve hours. The VBM—that's before you start drilling. The VBM being a subsea drill, it takes one hour to get from the vessel deck down to the mudline and starting drilling. You've automatically made a significant time saving. We can also, because of the way that it interfaces with a template on the seabed, accurately within 50 millimetres on a width of 35 metres, uh, put in multiple legs and we can deploy multiple VBMs to drill at the same time, reducing this cycle time as well. Fugro's development of the VBM has also been shortlisted in the health and safety category. Mark explains how it is helping cutting risks on deck. The other great thing about it is the comparison with uh, the health and safety element. With traditional drilling, the uh, people, the operators, are on the deck of the, uh, the drill. Drill pipes and other elements are lowered uh, from the vessel deck down onto the drill unit itself. So they're not only line of fire for lifting operations, they're also in a noisy environment with rotating uh, equipment and also they're exposed to the elements and having uh, rest breaks to go over a gangway back to the vessel to take a, you know, a rest break. With the VBM being subsea, it's connected by an umbilical back to the vessel. The operators are now in a remote operation center inside the vessel. So they're in a climate controlled environment absolutely out of the line of fire, not away, not anywhere near the deck operations, which also allows them direct access to facilities within the vessel without having to be exposed to any of the weather or normal conditions. The entrants we've looked at today are all helping transform the engineering industry. Their work will be celebrated at the Engineering Matters Awards Ceremony in London at the end of March. 
In our next episode in this series, we'll look at more companies who have been shortlisted in our innovation category. Engineering Matters is a production of Rebe Media. This episode was written and produced by Kiri Yarnathan and hosted by me, Johnny Dowling, and by Rian Owen. Editing by Will North, series supervision by John Young, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, and our own man who judges all we do is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.rebe.media, and on LinkedIn. Thank you.